No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show uh, with Dave Minute With Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets' dominant victory over the Colorado Avalanche, a 6-2 win for the Jets' in one of their most complete efforts of the season, just absolutely taking their central division rival to the woodshed in downtown Winnipeg, controlling the game from start to finish and culminating in that victory. Very impressive win for the Jets tonight. We'll get into it all tonight on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Gentlemen, it's been about, uh, let me think, so about 10 hours since we last got together. The strangest thing, Spency is on my driveway tailgating. I had no <laughs> idea that he was going to be there, but he made dinner for the entire family. He fed us breakfast earlier this morning at Farmery Brewery when we did the show live on location, and now he fed my entire family dinner as well. Nice to see both you guys uh, tonight uh, after that Jets victory. Nice to see you, boys. Nice to see everybody joining us live here after a big Jets win over the Colorado Avalanche. And boys, the the day started with our good friend Hart Jacob buying me a beer and me drinking it at around 10 in the morning. So we might as well crack another one here, boys. There Illegal curve light lager. I know Drew's got one there as well. So yeah. toast to the okay, Jets here, Lachaim. It's it, it's ten, it's ten a.m. It's ten a.m. somewhere, right? As you know, you can <laughs> you can keep drinking at that. That's the new that's the new magic hour. It's mm. ten a.m. Uh, I think there's probably uh, more than a few uh, brews being consumed, hopefully responsibly tonight, as uh, the celebratory mood in mm -hmm. Winnipeg, uh, certainly downtown at the arena, and just an absolute complete effort by the Winnipeg Jets. You know, and the it, Jets it, are undefeated, boys. When we do a show at Farmery and Spencey's cooking pancakes, sausages, and, and bacon. I don't know if yeah. you guys knew that, but yes. So uh, you mentioned it earlier, Drew, but yeah. Shout out to uh, Spencey, who's a, a well-known personality uh, for people that watch this show. But I mean, he brought his flat top grill. He was cooking. Uh, it was it was amazing. And, you know, obviously, thanks to the good folks at Farmery for hosting us. I think it uh, goes without saying, boys, that we're going to be doing another show there in the not so distant future but yes drew let's talk about this win because i mean are the jets ever going to lose again like they just keep winning <laughs> you like, know what? With, with the exception of that san jose game but like it's unbelievable they made it look easy tonight boys they're, well, you know, uh, sorry, they're doing a lot of winning ahead, they're doing a lot of winning as as he said but more importantly in the post kyle connor era yeah if I would have told you guys the Jets would score 10 goals, sorry, 11, 11 goals. 11, Dave, 11. 11, I know. Don't I short change them. I, when I, well, when I originally was writing the tweet, it had 10, but then they added the sixth goal. So it's 11 goals in two games. One of those games against the LA Kings, not exactly a team that gives up a lot of goals. Yeah, it's a different story a little bit, but 11 goals since Kyle Connor uh, has left the building. And, and obviously, you're not going to minimize the impact of losing the top scorer on this team. But we did say... It would need to become a more of a committee. And, you know, to me, right from the puck drop, Gabriel Velarde was buzzing, like mm -hmm. absolutely buzzing. And I thought my personal opinion, again, I was in the building for two periods, uh, home for one. I thought Alex Iafalo was excellent. 
I really did. I thought he played probably as I know people were saying he had a four assist game, but I thought that was his best game all over the ice. I thought defensively he was really good on the penalty kill. I thought he made a lot of really nice plays. But and obviously I'm rather partial to to uh, poison. So I mean, when he scores a goal, I'm never going to complain. But uh, there were a lot of guys who had big nights, and and obviously Connor Hellebuck was very good when he needed to be. Um, it was, it was a complete game. And that, what did we, what did we talk about? What did we talk about this morning? Not to suggest that we're geniuses or anything, wink, wink. But the fact is we said that the jets are going to have to compete and they're going to have to play a consistent game from what they played before. And, you know, obviously the lineup for the abs changed five minutes before warmup or during warmup, I should say with the announcement that Kale McCarr wouldn't be playing and you don't minimize that, but the jets are without Cal Connor. So, you know, Teams suffer injuries. You deal with it. It's the point of the season where that's just the reality. And the as were the number one team in the Central coming into today's game, they no longer are. It's the Jets temporarily because Dallas is in action right now. Yeah, and Dallas, St. Louis will keep an eye on uh, throughout this post-game show as well. You know, and you mentioned that, Dave, that you know, the good news for the Winnipeg Jets started uh, before the game, before puck drop, with the unexpected announcement that Kale McCarr was out of the lineup with a lower body injury. And the Avalanche really, as he, to my mind, they played like a team that was, you know, sort of hanging their heads from the start. You know, w- without McCarr in their lineup, as if they, you know, they can't win without Kale McCarr, which of course is nonsense because they're still riddled with talent. But they just looked defeated almost from puck drop. The Jets controlled that play, and really, I thought they played a little bit of bully ball against the Colorado Avalanche tonight, being more physical. And, and really, you know, th- there were three times in that first period where I counted that the Jets, one by Lowry, one by DeMello, and one by Brendan Dillon, where they where they laid a body check that resulted in Avalanche players being on their rear end. I thought the Jets mm-hmm. just were more physical and, 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 and controlled the play that way. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned control the play. Like the first period, I thought the Jets were the better team, but it wasn't. I mean, there weren't a lot of shots. Like it was a low event first period. Six, it was, six. There, weren't, there weren't a lot of shots in this game, and it was kind of, I don't know, I mean, you mentioned the physicality. I mean, this this game was a little bit weird in the sense that it was played at even strength for the most part. Um, and, you know, the Avalanche, look, if you take Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Valerie Nachushkin off this team, it's a bad team. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit this morning. And, yes, they're obviously still missing Gabe Landeskog, and they're missing Samuel Gerrard, and we already talked about Kiel McCarr, arguably the best defenseman in the league. Um but, I mean, the forward depth has to be a, a big concern for Jared Bednar and Joe Sackick and, and the entire Avs organization, right? Like, the Jets at points in this game made the Avalanche look pretty silly, right? And I, I just think they couldn't really get much going. You saw Caleb Jones uh, break his stick there. And obviously, with Kale McCarr going down, you had uh, Sam Malinsky jumping up to the second pair with Bowen Byram. And then Caleb Jones was was on the third pair with Jack Johnson. And aside from the goal boys, uh, I thought Jack Johnson was probably their best defenseman. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, like you, you you could look at it two ways. You could look at it like, you know, the Jets were that good at shutting them down. And what, what really stood out to me in stylistically is the Jets just don't, they, they just don't give teams a lot of space. They did not give the Avalanche a lot of time and space. And when, look, the Avalanche had the puck in the Jets zone for the, you know, almost the last five or six minutes of that game. But for the most part, it was just Nathan McKinnon skating the puck. Exactly. Outside. So the Jets really played well defensively tonight. I thought, you know, Dave mentioned 
uh, Alex Iafallo, who obviously gets his first goal in a really long time. First goal in 18, I think, Dave, or yeah. first goal in 19, right? Um, and, you know, Mike McIntyre, got to give him credit, our good good friend of the show mentioned this. All the goals that were scored tonight were pickups. That until, the, until the Ealers goal, until the Ealers goal. So the right, right. Ezzy, yeah. Ezzy, 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 with right. all due respect to Mike, I tweeted that first. Mike was secondary. Just saying. Yeah, we we, we like to give Mike credit more than you. Yeah, exactly. Dave, I give you credit every single day. I don't give Mike credit every single day, but I'll go back and I'll I'll like it. I'll retweet it. I'll do all that stuff. That's all I'm asking. But it was a very impressive game. And look, I I think, you know, we talked about, you know, the goaltending was not good tonight. And I don't think you're necessarily going to, you know, hang the loss on the goaltending. But uh, I think, you know, the, the Jets were the, the better team. I mean, this isn't what this isn't one area that that you could you would point to that said you know the reason why Colorado lost. Mm-hmm. It's not you know Colorado didn't lose this game. The Jets won this game because yep. they were better than the Avs in every aspect of tonight's game. They controlled the pace of play, except faceoffs. Well, I'm just I mean, bugging you. I'm bugging you. I'm, bugging you. <laughs> okay. I'm just bugging you. <laughs> fine. You're fine. You want to win something, you win something there. Yes, they won 59% of the draws compared to the Jets' uh, 41%. But, you know, uh, I know you're being tongue-in-cheek there. The Jets controlled this game. I'm actually being beer-in-cheek or tongue-in-beer. Well, that, that, wow. that works as well. Beer-in-mouth at the very least. The Jets uh, The Jets controlled this game top to bottom. They were the more physical team. They were the more the team that had better attention to detail. They were the can team we just, that can we wanted give Josh Manson a, a Can we give Josh Manson credit for that hit on Adam Lowry, though? It was a big hit. You're, you're right. That was, that was, that was an old-school rock'em sock'em hit. Yeah. That uh, that that was the that was the biggest hit, yeah. But uh, by that the Avs laid tonight, but they were a the Avalanche aren't a physical team. They they're not a physical team. I agree. And so when the Jets went, were physical, and when they were uh, you know doing all the right things defensively in keeping Colorado and neutralizing Colorado, and then being opportunistic with their with their chances, Colorado was frustrated. You you know. Go back and watch the highlights. How many sticks did Colorado break over their own crossbar or their <laughs> own goalposts after making bad plays and the Jets making good defensive plays that led Bo to Jackson practice? would be proud, Drew. Yeah, exactly. Because he snapped it over his knee. The only difference there. Look, the Jets were full marks for their victory. Top to bottom, they were the better team. One through 12 up front. Look, the, the Jets, you know, the Jets' top line, you know, in, in, in the last number of years would score a lot of goals, but they would give up a ton of goals as well. So it's a you know, net negative. This has been such a net positive for the Jets with their top line, even when well, their top line hasn't necessarily been Ehlers, Shifley, and, and Velarde. Even before when it was you know Connor, Shifley, and Ehlers, before Connor's injury. You know, that top line is playing such great hockey, and they're playing 200-foot hockey. Mark Shifley deserves all the praise in the world because he looks like a completely different player out there. He really he really does in his own zone. And that's yep. where, you know, the Jets, you know, the Jet the Jets controlling of the play starts in their own zone, Dave. And you saw it again tonight. Yeah, I wasn't I was just more of the Shifley thing than than anything right. else. But but no, I mean there's it again, it, it sounds we've said it we we have echoed what Rick Bonus has said because it's it it seems to work. Right. And that's what he's got to get had to have got his team to buy into that. If you play a defensively sound game, if you play a structured game, you will still get those opportunities to create offense. And, and again, now that these teams, these guys, for the most part, exception of sniper and uh, sniper and smoke as that'd be quite the, the TV show in the eighties. But with the exception of those guys, I mean, most of the guys have contracts now, so you don't necessarily have to have worry about guys. We need to, you know, think about individuality. You're right now you're focused on team success. 
and that comes from playing defensively good hockey. And that, again, that's the 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 why this Pierre Luc Dubois trade is paying dividends for the Winnipeg Jets because obviously Rasmus Kupari is 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 injured and isn't coming back anytime soon, according to Rick Bonus. But Alex Iafallo, even though he hadn't scored, and you know he was still he was still serviceable in his role, but he played a really good game tonight. And even though, and Gabriel Velarde, even though he missed so much time, look what he's done in the last three games, right? So he's he's looked really good on that top line. I mean, they really haven't missed a beat since the the movement of Velarde up to line one, uh, and Kyle Connor obviously going to IR. So, I mean, this this one of the things that we wanted to see was how would this team respond again to a more sound soundly structured play of you know 60 minute game and that's what they're doing and and again you know you're doing it against good teams right they're eight three and oh against the central division two and oh now against colorado obviously you'd rather not be oh and two against dallas but the fact of the matter is that they're they're playing well against the central they're playing well obviously against the east this year that that uh, pesky pacific playing well yeah (laughs) but but that's right they're playing well drew and so and so that's what the focus is and and it's kind of like and I know it's funny because we've been seeing it throughout the chat as right. People are like, when is the shoe going to drop? When is this team going to become last year's team? But I just don't see it. I just don't, I don't see it from either. Connor Hellebuck again, another quality start from him to this team. I mean, uh, we had the chat. I don't remember who, uh, who had, it was maybe it was, I think it was Brian Harder made the comment 19 straight games without giving up more than three goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're defensively sound, and I mean, obviously, we weren't anticipating they were going to score eleven in the last two. But the point is, so they're getting the offense and they're getting the defense. That's a winning combination. Well, you you talk about the number of games since they've given up three goals. I mean, our friend Judy Olin uh, tweeted the same thing. It's now been seven straight games that the Jets have given up two or less goals. Mm-hmm. So you you know how impressed the the three or less goal uh, you know stat is impressive, but to give up two or less goals in seven consecutive games in this day and age in the NHL, where everything is a power play, and it's not like the Jets special teams, by the way, or anything to write home about, speaks to how they're controlling the game. I mean, it's been easy relatively easy compared to past years as he for Connor Hellebuck this season, you know, at least, you know, after the first few games where a little bit of a rough start to the year, it's been by and large, pretty easy for him. He's get racking up all these wins and he's not being asked to do anything dramatic. I mean, you know, tonight's game, I mean, how many, you know, grade A saves, grade A opportunities did Colorado have? I mean, yeah, they got a couple goals and, you know, that's going to happen. But, you know, for the entirety of the game at five on five, the Avs, who, by the way, have Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen and Valerie Nachushkin, Nachushkin had five high danger chances. That's it. That's I mean, that's crazy. pretty damn good that the Jets are able to neutralize them to the extent that they're doing so. Right. And I agree with you 100%. And when Dave talks about structure, like these are the things like this isn't sexy to talk about structure and everything like that, but good teams are structured, right? Like the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, the St. Louis Blues, right? Like the Tampa Bay Lightning, all the pick any team that's won the Stanley Cup basically ever, right? Uh, and they're like these are New Jersey Devils in the late 90s, early 2000s type of numbers. Obviously, hockey uh, has changed a lot since then, but you watch like, this game tonight, and you saw this in the second and third periods against the LA Kings, second and third period against the LA Kings, right? Like the defensemen are just in good position. The forwards, you got the back pressure. Everybody is going, like everyone on the Jets just seems to be where they are supposed to be. 
mm-hmm. you're just seeing really good defensive play from all over the ice. And we talked about it, right? Like, and maybe I underestimated this, guys, the impact of Gabe Velarde defensively, the impact of Nino Niederreiter defensively, the impact of Alex Ayafalo, who Dave talked about. And I agree. Not, it's not just the goal. Ayafalo was great tonight, and he was great against the LA Kings as well. It's just like the Jets are a good defensive team. That's just period, right? And, you know, we can talk about why they're a good defensive team, but this is not something that we've seen in the last four or five years. We're just seeing, uh, again, you know, to steal Dave's term, like a buy-in from basically everybody. Like you can see it. And look, we don't know what's going to happen throughout the course of, of the rest of the season. I mean, the Jets could go into a slump. I don't see that happening either, Dave or Drew. Like, I just don't see that epic type of collapse sustained. Exactly, and and you know, the Jets tonight uh, they made Colorado look like a pretty average team. Like mm-hmm. McKinnon got his chances. Uh, you know, Miko Rantanen got his chances. Um, Not that you know, many. Obviously, <laughs> the Avalanche scored a couple goals. Yeah, but like aside from that, like. You didn't, you know, you didn't see, you know, Ross Colton and Miles Wood getting a lot of chances out there. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Truent, Druen, we should mention, former uh, Halifax Moosehead, just like Nick Ehlers and Nathan McKinnon. But yeah, for the most part, you know, the Jets just kept within their structure, kept things to the outside, were opportunistic, got a power play goal. And obviously, you know, when the Avalanche broke the shutout and then they punched back with Velarde's second goal, Dave, that was killer. Like that, if, yeah. you, if you're looking for a turning point, um, I agree with Drew, though. This was not a game where the Jets played a good half period or a good period. They were the better team through 60 minutes, but that goal by Velarde to basically, that was kind of the, you know, the the final yeah. final knockout punch. Well, why don't we get into the goals as part of the Betway game recap only eight here. to talk about. Yeah, only, yeah, exactly. Only eight. Won't take us that long. It's a Saturday night. You're watching the Illegal Curve postgame show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg. Hope you had an enjoyable Saturday wherever you spent it, however you spent it. We, of course, started our Saturday off at uh, the uh, Farmery Brewery location at number two Donald Street. Did a live on location broadcast of the Illegal Curve hockey show. We're wrapping it up now, 12 hours later, with the Illegal Curve postgame <laughs> show, talking about the Jets and the Colorado Avalanche. We do our goal by goal recap. It's part of the Betway game recap. The Betway game recap. And the Betway Game Recap is brought to you by our friends at Betway, the most trusted voice in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Hope you bet on my University of Kentucky Wildcats. They were the underdog this afternoon against the North Carolina Tar heels but the young kentucky wildcats did pull off the victory so i have to give them a bit of a show this is wildcats of course, lunch of course they did drew because kentucky rules there you go thank you ezzy that's what i'm I saying like. that specifically in case laura's watching she's not watching i can promise you that she's putting the kids to bed <laughs> but uh i appreciate you saying that nonetheless so you're allowed back uh, at least on our property for the next Ooh. couple for a couple minutes at at, at most uh the just open the scoring the Jets open the scoring uh, at the. <laughs> Dave, Dave won't touch on that. No. Dave won't touch, or he won't touch on that. 
It's okay, Drew. I'll bring it up later. You can bring it up all you want. My, I'll just, I'll just preempt you. Uh, my wife and I built a new bed. As he finds that to be the most amazing thing in the world, but yes, that's how we spent part of our Saturday afternoon. Is we had to do a a home improvement project, and it was building a new bed that we successfully. Who knows how to use an Allen key, folks? Well, we did use the Allen key. Let me get you that. The Allen key got a lot of use. Let me tell you. Uh, anyways, the Jets. That's probably going to get a lot of use too, as well, Adrian. <laughs> Not touching that one at all, Mr. Ginsburg. Not for one second. Uh, the Jets open the score. sleeping, Drew. Get your head out of the gutter. What are you talking about? <laughs> the I family show, guys. About, we have, we have Bailey in the about, chat. Come on. Yeah, I was talking about quality sleep, Dave. You obviously <laughs> got that. I understood. Uh, the Jets open the scoring at the 1356 mark of the first period. As we mentioned, not a lot of shots in that first period. Only 12 total, six aside. Mm-hmm. The Jets made theirs count. Gabe Velarde uh, gets his third of the year. Uh, it'll be his first of the game. Uh, there's some foreshadowing there. Assists to Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey. And it starts by a nice aggressive play by Morrissey right at yep. the avalanche really blue nice. line. He yeah. isn't able to keep the puck in, but he does control the puck and then he skates it to some soft ice where he finds Shifley and then Shifley is able to find Velarde and Velarde is it just was too big and too strong for the avalanche to handle tonight. And you saw it on both of his goals. And this was a very nice one to give the jets the early one, nothing lead as he. Yeah. I, I agree with what you said there about Josh Morrissey. He just uh, does some nice work walking the line. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, like gets it to Shifley and, you know, Shifley and Velarde seem to have a kind of a sixth sense for each other. Uh, they were fantastic in this game, continuing their strong play from the game against uh LA but yeah just a really nice kind of spin around pass from Shifley and as you talked about Drew that's just Velarde out muscling the Avalanche defenseman and I have to go back and check got the replay up here who that was but I think it might have been uh Bowen Byram might have been the defenseman. Bowen it Byram was involved there, definitely. And I think it was also, uh, this one wasn't Caleb Jones. This one might have been Josh Manson, but uh, I could be wrong on that one. Caleb Bowen Jones Byram, was... and I think it was Malinsky. Regardless, uh, yeah. Velarde made a nice play uh, driving the net, and it was a nice play from Shife, Dave. Yeah, no, I mean, sorry, I didn't know you were going to go to me, but yeah, I, I mean, I think there's no question about it. That I just that... prefer to go to you, Dave. I don't really like to go to Drew that often, to be honest with you. He talks well, Perry, much. Perry, Perry was suggesting it was my time to shine at three, two, one. So I was getting ready. But look, the play is made by Josh Morrissey, right? Because the way he keeps that puck in the in the AV zone is key. And then obviously, and then and then you're right. It's a nice play by Shifley. And we're really seeing a chemistry being built between Shifley and Velarde. And remember, like we talk about the improved defensive play of Mark Shifley. Well, now we're seeing you know, Gabe Velarde, who we know is more defensively responsible than Kyle Connor. Not that that takes much effort, but the fact of the matter is that you're, you're getting that again, both. So you get that benefit of, of having him on the top line, but you're also seeing what that guy can do. And where is he? He goes to the front of the net. And that's the one thing with, you know, Gabe with that top line is that you needed someone who was willing to get dirty. And Gabriel, Gabriel Velarde really does seem like a guy who's willing to get to that front of the net Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, put, you know, just take, I mean, we saw it with both of his goals really, but, but again, just to make, uh, you know, be a bull and just be strong in front and create opportunity as a result. And that's what we've talked about for years for this Jets club is that you need more guys to be in the front of the net, in the hard areas to play. And Gabriel Velarde is showing that he's, he's capable of doing that. And it's interesting, Drew, because, you know, it's funny. It wasn't, it wasn't a boring period of hockey, but at one point it was weird because the shots were four, one Colorado and the jets still had, but the jets had taken, I think 10 shot attempts and they just hadn't hit the net. So mm-hmm. it was, it was just an interesting sort of, you know, the game was, was interesting. It was an exciting first period, 
it just was low event in the sense that there weren't a lot of shots, uh, you know, being taken. There were sorry that were hitting the net. I should say not being taken. That were hitting the net, and ultimately the Jets were able to effectively use the shots that they did take. Dave, I just wanted to correct myself. There, it was Ross Colton who's a center. Yeah. It was Velarde, and and Ross Colton kind of left him. So it was Colton who mm. uh, who, who was trailing. Velarde there, not, I think I said Malinsky, but Malinsky and uh, Bowen Byram were the second pair for the Avalanche. But your point is well made there, Dave. Like, you know, it just seems like, you know, this, the players on this line, obviously Shifley, Ehlers, Velarde is who I'm talking about. They just yeah. complement each other really well. And it almost beg- brings up the question, like when Kyle Connor comes back, you know, you don't want to really break that up. Obviously, it's going to be a Connor long guys, while before that's well, going to be an well, issue. And when Connor comes back, he goes to the top line. I mean, I'm not trying to create any type of controversy here. All I'm saying though is Shifley, Velarde, Ehlers, like they're like I a, wouldn't be so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so corsy, about that. As. It's a Corsi dream. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't know that I would be that 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 certain about that because. This line looks very effective. You got eight weeks. You got eight weeks before we have to have this conversation. Sure. Well, right but, now, we're dealing with recency bias, so leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You As long as you acknowledge that you're dealing with the recency bias, I that's do. the important part. Uh, but they they, they they look they do look incredible, and they've and they found they've had great chemistry since they've been put together, and you weren't sure what they were going to be like, and you know you weren't sure you know if what Gabe Velarde was going to be like until he sort of got back up to speed. But you can see that he's now playing uh, like he did at the beginning of the year in that very brief sample size before he went out with the injury. Well, that's, Bailey's that's... got the Bailey's got the numbers there. I mean, it's yeah. it's unbelievable, boys. Like this is going to turn out to be, I think, one of those Yo. trades that you look like it's going to be like a Taylor Hall for Adam Larson type of trade. It's that one-sided. It, it certainly does appear to be that way so far. And, well, you know, again, and, and the thing about, you know, about Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, is that you sort of know what his ceiling is, whereas Velarde, you don't yet know what his ceiling is. And that's the mm-hmm. tantalizing perspective for, for the Winnipeg yep. Jets is that, you know, maybe there's even more than what we're seeing, but if this is what we're seeing, well, you, you know, he certainly looks to be the equal of, if not better, than uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. one nothing for the Jets at that point in time. They d- make it 2 nothing less than 2 Sorry for that later. burp, Drew. I thought I was muted. Thank you, Ezzy. Uh, Vlad Nemesnikov gets his third of the year. It's a power play goal. Assist to Alex Ayafalo and Neil Pionk. This is with Josh Manson in the box for the puck over glass penalty as his least favorite penalty. Manson in the box. The Jets' first power play unit controls it. Uh, for the majority of the time that they're on the ice, but they aren't able to really, you know, they control it, but they don't really do much that's dangerous. The second unit comes on, and in the blink of an eye, I think they, I don't know that they've been on the ice for, you know, 10 seconds. It goes uh, from Pionk down low to Ayafalo up to uh, Nemesnikov, tic-tac, toe into the back of the net, Dave, 2 nothing for the Jets. No, I mean you're right, Drew. And and the and the first power play unit got got some good looks, and and mm-hmm. you know Nate Schmidt's looking good out there. He I thought defensively he made some nice plays, and I thought yeah. again on the power play he's 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 looking like he's more effective, and I, I, he doesn't get an assist on this one, but it, you know it's he keeps that puck in, and and you're right, Drew. They didn't. I think it was a total of like about five seconds before they uh they were able to put that in the in the net, but really nice play by everybody. I mean the the ads leave. Vlad Nemestikov wide open and credit Alex Iafalo for being able to find him and uh, and Neil Pionk for getting him that puck quick. So, I mean, it's kind of a tic-tac-toe or bang-bang-bang, mm-hmm. as our friend Dennis would say. But, um, I mean, it's an effective power play goal. And it's one of the things we've talked about, the just special teams. If we're, there's one thing, if you want to be critical of the Jets, and even Rick Bonus himself has acknowledged it, I think he acknowledged it 
I don't know if it was today's uh, pregame skate or the last practice, but he just said that our special teams haven't been good. Well, you know, that one way to get effective is start scoring on it. And that's, it was a really nice play. And, and it's good that it's a second line because the, the first unit had a lot of looks as, but the second unit contributing is important as well. And it's good for those guys. What did we talk about? We talked about last game, the, all, all the goals came from your top line. And one of the things what we said is that that's great, but that's not realistic to consider. It's not sustainable. You can't do that every that's night. Right. That's Dave, right. and another thing I wanted to mention too on this play, you're right. This this play is all IFLO identifying how open Nemestikov is right. there in the slot, making that play. So it's a nice play between IFLO and Nemestikov, uh, but also Nino Niederreiter causing a little bit of havoc in front of the net, right? Just going to the does. net, giving uh, you know giving the Avalanche fits, right? I think it was Valerie Nachushkin, if I'm not mistaken, who was uh, checking uh, um, Niederreiter there. So just wanted to get that in there, but yeah, really nice little you know. Play, but nice pass by Ifalo, nice finish by Nemestikov, the uh, the Jets newbies. Yeah, and a very nice first period for the Jets. It's two nothing after twenty minutes. Good evening, everyone. You are watching the Illegal Curve post game show. We're in the midst of the Betway game recap. Dave Manuk is in the top right, Ezra Ginsburg in the bottom middle. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Jets win six two tonight. Nice to see so many of you joining us. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel because we do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, which means we'll do it again on Monday night and of course Saturday morning, nine a.m. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We've been doing in that for uh, well, many, 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 many years at this point in time. Uh, two nothing for the Jets. They make it three nothing. And really, as of late, three goals for the Jets usually results in a victory. Uh, did tonight. This ultimately is the game-winning goal. Uh, it is an unassisted goal for Alex Ayafalo, even though Caleb Jones really does deserve an assist <laughs> on it. In addition to it being uh, the game-winning goal, it's our Seagram's shot of the game. The Seager shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Seagram's, perhaps you'd like some fireball. It tastes like heaven. It burns like hell. Allow me to do a shot, Drew, and I'll do a shot of Illegal Curve beer. Tastes good, if you ask me. Anyways, big thanks to our friends. Put hair on your chest, Drew. Yeah, it's a, I got a lot of hair on my chest already. Uh, but uh, big thanks to Seagrams for their support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. You know, Nair has some great products, Drew, if you're ever interested. <laughs> I'm not interested in it, but thank you for that advice. Though. I'll keep that in mind for future reference. Uh, this is just, I mean, Hockey 101. I, you, know, you know, Caleb Jones is a... Don't put the puck up the middle. Yeah, I mean, he's a fringe defenseman at best. I mean, you know, if, if he's Seth you... Jones' brother, too. That's well, guess what? He's a fringe defenseman at best, no matter who his sibling is. Uh, this is just a, a boneheaded decision. He breaks his stick over the crossbar after Alex Ayafalo picks off the pass and then deposits the backhand uh, into the avalanche net, makes it 3 nothing, And the Jets will say thank you very much. The Definitely the free pizza that Claude Noel used to speak about uh, on display in the uh, downtown Winnipeg arena on this goal, Dave. Well, I mean, obviously, Alex Iafalo want First of all, we got to talk about Gabriel Velarde's goal song. Is he a little Macarena? Everybody was happy to hear Macarena. Start the best doing... goal song. I said that at the beginning of no, the season. No, Macarena Alex Iafalo. No, 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 no. Come on. Alex yeah, Iafalo is good, too. A little poison? Yeah. Poison rocks. 
Yeah, I gotta get you know, it, but you can't pour some sugar. But sugar is rare. Sugar is hard to come by. You can't just be pouring sugar on people nowadays. That's not poison, though. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> is there some type of sugar crisis? I'm pretty sure there's a shortage. I'm pretty really? sure that's a sugar drug. shortage. I didn't realize that. Yeah. What about, the, what about the sugar supply in Kentucky? Oh, I don't know about Kentucky. Oh, sorry, Drew. Supply. Sorry, Def Leppard. Def Leppard. I knew what. Yeah, I knew yeah. it wasn't ACDC, but uh, yeah, sorry, my bad. No. Uh, I knew it wasn't we, poison. I was like, I, I knew poison. I, I was like, I'm like, what? Yeah. Anyway, let's just, uh, yeah, no, look, I mean, Alex Ifalo had gone 18 games without a goal. So you knew that he was, was itching to get on the scoreboard and, uh, I thought he's been playing well, but you know, you'd like to see him actually find the back of the net. So that was a, it was a really nice play and, and it was a smart play, right? He recognized what Jones was going to do. So he positioned himself well, intercepts the pass, gets it on net quickly, very similar to the Velarde back end, right? As he, and as Don Cherry would often say. Hardest one of the hardest shots to blow, to save in in hockey. So sorry, Dave. I don't nice know if play. you're talking about the Jets right now because I'm trying to follow all the sugar related comments. That <laughs> yeah, we're getting. I'll be honest with you. I had absolutely no idea about this whole sugar thing. So I mean, I did eat some Smarties during the first period intermission. If anybody's curious, there's sugar there, but uh, I, I, I was with I, Sammy Sugar. Sugar Sammy is his <laughs> sugar name. Sam. Sorry, sugar Sammy. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so look, I mean, you, By the you way, I'm just gonna start calling your son, Sam sugar, Sammy from now on. If <laughs> you can okay. do that all you want. Thank you. And, 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 and I'll instruct him to run up to you and punch it, punch you in the stomach. Like he did last time. Well, the best <laughs> was on Thursday or Friday. I, I see Drew and his kids almost every single day. Now it's, yes, it's really I'm so lucky, but, um, no, it's, it's a nice little nope. bonus, but I went to give Sam a high five the other day. He totally shafted me. I'm like, yep. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well, just speaking of apples, as he, the, the play, the, you know, while we're talking about the Alex Ifalo backhand, which was really nice, it was also the hard work of that line sure. to, that led to yeah. that goal because there it was, was pressure. really good There work, was definitely pressure really from Perfetti and the whole, Mestikov, but And Ifalo. Ifalo was the first man in. break that goal down any more than what Drew said. It's an absolute free pizza, Claude Noel used to say. It's an absolute free pizza by Caleb Jones up the middle of the ice. Yeah, and I, Alex Iafalo takes it, and he makes but, no mistake about no, it. No, but you just I can't know, do that, especially when you're down two nothing already. But to Dave's point, before Caleb Jones made the error, exactly. the, the Avalanche had to reload. Oh, absolutely, there the was good Jets pressure from that line, and we talked about that line being key, right? That being obviously the Profetti Iafalo Nemesnikov line. So you're right, and that goes to what we're talking about here. The Jets are just playing an overall good brand of hockey. Yeah, like, they're just playing well. Like, you know, we, you can break it down into each area of the ice. Mm-hmm. And really, it's just that they're just the rolling lines. We haven't even really talked about the fourth line. The fourth line was very effective as well. Yeah, except That's for, for Axel Yonson taking, as he, except for Axel Yonson Fialbi for some reason taking like a four-minute shift, which screwed everybody up in the second period. Because he took a really, everybody were all sitting there in the press box. And I'm like, okay, well, he's going to get off here. Because Velarde's standing up waiting to get on. Ehlers and Shifley had been on for like, 30 seconds already, 45 seconds. And then Ehlers comes off. Velarde finally gets on because actually Anson Fielby comes off. And then Shifley stays on. So it's Shifley and Velarde because I thought the lines were all screwed up. And then it ended up being like the longest one ever. But I, again, like I said, I just getting back to finish off my thought on that. It's it's that idea of that dogged pursuit. And one of the things that Rick Bonus said was, and he was talking about, uh, this was in reference to Declan Chisholm. He said he was impressed by the fact that he didn't make his problem somebody else's problem. And I thought the Avs did that on that play where the Jets pursuit forced them to hot potato that puck a little bit. And as a result, 
they were making bad decisions with the puck. And then it was, but it was like, I don't want it. You take it. I don't want it. You take it. And then eventually Jones says, okay, here I follow you take it. And he puts <laughs> it into the back of the net. So, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge goal because I mean, if the abs make it a two, one game, I'm not suggesting the jets couldn't have won it, but it just makes it, you just fence sense that the jets are feeling that validation for doing those good things. And they're getting that reward. Yeah, that, exactly right. They, they they play the right way. They play the right hard way. They, they're a hard opponent to play against. And as a result of, of being aggressive and being uh, physical on the forecheck, they end up with a with a, a golden opportunity and they make no mistake of it. So, well, well good point there, Dave. Well said. Th- three nothing for the Jets after 40 minutes. And what's, you know, to me, again, you know, the, the avalanche, you know, after 40 minutes, they're just not, they don't look like a threatening team. The Jets just have the play in control and they continue to play, you know, in the avalanche zone. You know, they don't let up, you know, the tendency, of course, when you're up by multiple goals is to maybe go into a defensive shell. And that isn't always a, a successful MO. And it wasn't for the Winnipeg Jets. It wasn't how they approached it. They kept their foot on the pedal. They just kept and said, look, we're going to keep playing the game we want to play because we know that it's a successful way to play this game. 3 nothing until early in the third period with Josh Morrissey having taken a bit of a sloppy high-sticking penalty, one that I'm sure that he would regret. Uh, the Avalanche do get on the board. It's Jonathan Drouin, his fourth of the year assist to Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon, and it's off the end boards, and Drouin is in a good position, and Connor Halbach can't quite get the big leg over far enough to knock it down, and Drouin lifts it over to put the Avs on the board and make it 3-1, as he. Yeah, and obviously, you know, that that was the goal that, that ruined the shut, shutout, but, I mean, Rant, we talked about how good McKinnon and Rantanen were in this game, and, you know, you give them a few power plays, and they're probably going to strike, even though I think the power play has been underwhelming. Uh, I forget where they are, guys, but I think it was somewhere around 20th in the NHL, uh, and, and you know, injuries have played a little bit of a part in that, but look, it's a, it's a fortuitous bounce to uh, Jonathan Drouin, right, off the shot from from Miko Rantanen, right? It, it just goes right to uh, Jonathan Druin. And, you know, Dave, you mentioned, you know, the long shift from Morgan Barron. Um, Miko Rantanen late in the third period, realized like I'm getting ahead of myself. Shift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he was on there. I don't know if it was quite five minutes, but it was like three and a half minutes, Drew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a fortuitous bounce, Dave. And, mm-hmm. you know, Druin gets the avalanche on the board. And, you know, they had a little bit of life there. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really get the feeling the avalanche were going to be tying this game up and lo and behold we know what happened shortly after Jonathan Drouin broke Hellbuck shutout well you you, you know you, to your point there as so it's 3-1 and it's early in the third period so yes you wouldn't expect the Jets to collapse or anything because that hasn't been their style you know maybe a previous year's team certainly right. wouldn't be unheard of but the Jets you know quickly you know so the Avs scored at the 207 mark it takes the Jets a minute 33 just to again sort of step on the Avalanche throat once and for all in tonight's game and it's Gabe Velarde again his second of the game his fourth of the year assist to Ehlers and Josh Morrissey and he's just too big and too strong for Mm -hmm. the avalanche to handle in front of the net. He's just, I'm going to win this puck battle 
And Josh Manson, I believe, was the defender who was on the wrong side of him. And he just said, you know, okay, you're going to you're going to play this def- poorly defensively. I'll take advantage of the loose puck and I will deposit it behind your goaltender. And thank you very much. I'll make it 4-1. And it's basically all done except for the, uh, you know, whatever final story needs to be written at that point, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it, as he mentioned this earlier in the show, but I mean, that's that's a minute 33 after you just gave up a goal, which could have given your opponent some life. Right. You you basically sealed the deal because Connor Hellebuck, as good as Colorado can be, Connor Hellebuck isn't giving up three goals. He's not giving up one more goal. <laughs> or he gave up one more goal, sorry. Yeah. But he's not giving up two more goals. We know that because that's they just do not give up more than three. So, I mean, it's just a nice play all around. And again, the amazing part to me is it's just the tenaciousness of the Jets. I mean, you've got essentially five abs around Velarde and but they're the again they're 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 aggressive and they're quick and that what it was one of the things we talked about before the jets were taking too long this time they didn't do that they mm-hmm. it was the opposite Shifley off his stick immediately to Morrissey Morrissey off his stick right away I think Ehlers is the one who 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 um um you know pushes it forward to Velarde gets it towards the front of the net and then he does what he does which is be big and strong and put it in there and and deposit into the open net. But again, like I said, it's just the quick decision making you like to see. And again, you know, Ehlers gets the primary assist there, boys, but you like to see that. That's a hard play for him to kind of get aggressively into the, you know, amongst two or three guys, get that empty puck, the empty puck, the loose puck, sorry, mm-hmm. and get it over to where Velarde is. So a, a nice play all around by that line. And again, great way to answer to really kill any momentum that the ads could have created. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just wanted to mention one thing too, right? Like, you know, the, I agree with you. It's a great effort by Ehlers. The the point shot for Morrissey, I'm not sure if you mentioned this, Drew. I apologize. I was watching the, the replay here. I'm not being a very good analyst, but the shot from Morrissey hits Manson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It hits his pads, his shin pads. Yeah. And Ehlers, uh, you know, pursues the puck and puts it on net. Uh, he's falling. And it's Josh Manson who's covering Gabe Velarde. Josh Manson's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Dave Lardy's also a big boy. So, like that's that's the thing here. Bowen Byram and Josh Manson are two of the Avs' best defensemen. Like, these are good players. And Dave's right. Like, that's what you like to see. You you allow a goal and you have a two-goal lead. So it's not like you're just happy to protect a two-goal lead. What do you mm-hmm. do? You go back down the ice and Shifley causes Byram to chase him. So I love the work that Shifley does. They had a lot of good pressure in the ab zone there. Just like this again, I know I keep saying this, but the Jets are just playing good hockey right now. Like, really, like we've covered this team for 13 years now, and there have been lots of you know bad stretches of hockey, especially over the last few years. But you just look at the Jets and they just seem to be, you know, not letting a goal bother them. They just play the the same way throughout the game. And yeah, you're right, Dave. You mentioned this earlier. They're not a perfect team. The special teams definitely need some work. Uh, you know, there, there's always things that you can improve. It's not like they're a flawless team. That's yeah. not what we're saying. But, uh, you know, a really impressive response after the Avalanche finally put a goal on the board and led by Gabe Velarde, who you know, just followed up arguably his the best game of his NHL career against the Kings with another just great game against the Avs. 
absolutely 4-1 at this point in time for the Winnipeg Jets, uh, three minutes and 40 seconds into the third period. And then they make it 5-1, five minutes and eight seconds later. At this point in time, they're just showing off a little bit. Nino Niederreiter, his eighth of the year, assisting the Mesnikov and Mason Appleton. And it's just a very pretty passing play, but it starts with good defensive play in the neutral zone. That's where it all starts. It starts with a proper back check. It starts with forcing a turnover. And then it starts with, you know, you talk about connectivity and and you hear analysts talk about that in the course of the game. This is a great demonstration of connectivity on this one as the Mm -hmm. Jets are just moving up as a unit all together with tremendous passing. And I mean, it goes from Appleton to Nemesnikov across the ice to Niederreiter, who, you know, very easily could have had the Seagram shot of the game here. I, if I didn't already give it to Alex, I follow earlier. We but can do more than one. There's no I guess real I could rule. do more than one, but it's, you know, at this point in time, I think uh, we've, we've done it. Okay. Uh, you know, it's just it just looks like how it's supposed to where you're coming in waves and this is a wave of jets forwards and you you're going to watch the the replay on that and i believe uh the the uh defender coming back uh or not a defender but the player coming back for the avalanche on this one uh hang on let me just double check i believe it is yeah Nichushkin. it's, it's Mika, yeah it's Nachushkin. Yeah. Nachushkin who just no, it was the Avs top line that was on the ice yeah they just decide the to McKinnon stop line. skating yeah. They just well, don't they, skate back. Again, the key, what, what was the key? The key was good defense. The Jets right. came and played good defense, and they didn't give the Avs time. So w- while they themselves didn't use a lot of time to make decisions, they didn't give the Avs the opportunity to make decisions with the puck because they did have very good, you know, you, know, you talk about the back checking, Drew. That's all back checking, right? Mm-hmm. You've yep. got pressure. And so as a result, the Avs cough up the puck. In a, I mean, if you look at the play, and I think it's McKinnon who was open on the left side, but it was if if he gets the puck over to McKinnon, McKinnon's got a pretty good shot at a good angle, uh, unobstructed towards Connor Hellebuck. But instead, because they don't make a quick decision, because the Jets don't allow them to, instead, as we've just, just you've just illustrated, the Jets go the other way. Right? Nice play by Brendan Dillon, uh, Appleton, and and Nemestikov are there, give and go between those two, and then ends off with a real nice play by Nino Niederreiter. So I mean, again, it's 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 just another example. In in a in a night or weeks, as he of of examples where this Jets club continues to show that by playing effective defense, you can turn those into offensive opportunities, and the reward is a goal. Boys, I've I've found the word that I've been looking for to okay. describe the way the J, the the Jays the the Jets are playing <laughs> suffocating, right? Like that's that's, that's what that word. was. That was suffocating with the back pressure and not mm-hmm. giving the Avalanche any time or space. They did that to the Kings in the second and third periods. Because right. if you remember, the first period was uh, largely dominated by the Kings, but especially in the second and third period, um, the Kings just really couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. suffocating is what the Jets are doing. And it's not just that line. It's not just the Lowry line. It's not just the Shifley line or the fourth line, uh, whoever happens to be on the fourth line. Obviously, it's Gustafson, Baron, Janssen, Fialbi now. But it's just they're not giving teams a lot of time and space, and they're causing turnovers. I think the takeaways were nine for the Jets and one for the Avalanche. Wow. So that's that's a telling stat right there, boys. Yeah, that, that tells you exactly that that they're playing the defense that their their commitment to defense is 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 what it needs to be and what it hasn't been for so many years. It's amazing that this is you know the 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 few roster changes have completely changed the 
way this team plays and their commitment uh, you know uh, to the to the defensive side of the game first and foremost uh it's 5-1 at this point for the Winnipeg Jets so you know that the party is on in downtown Winnipeg uh the Avs make it 5-2 Jack Johnson uh grizzled yeah, grizzled veteran yep. that he is. Uh, Jack Johnson, a nice goal, assisting the Chushkin and McKinnon. This coming at the 10:41 mark as he goes top shelf uh, on Connor Hellebuck. Uh, this was an instance where the Jets got a little bit loose. I, I thought with their defensive yep. coverage, as mm-hmm. you know, is going to happen when you have a 5-1 lead. Better that that happen when you're up 5-1 than when it's 2-1 game. But uh, this was an instance that got a little loose there, uh, and it's uh, 5-2 with about half of the third period to go on yeah. this one, Ezzy. Yeah, I mean, the shifley velarde Ehlers line was out there, right? Yeah. And they just... Bench him! They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they turned over the... They turned over the puck in the avalanche zone, and then you know it was a it was a three on two coming the other way, right? Mm-hmm. And I agree with Dave. Like this was a nice goal from from Jack Johnson. Yeah. Just uh, just as an aside, great to see you know Jack Johnson still in the NHL playing well, considering everything that's gone through with his parents. Everybody, you can read about that story if you don't know about that story. But yeah. you know Jack his, Johnson. His parents just, stole all his money, is what happened, folks. Yeah, it's that's it's really. Yeah, it's it's really uh, a, a crazy story. Yes, yeah. but yeah, uh, nice little pass. Uh, was it Nachushkin that passed it to Johnson? I forget. It was a nice. Yeah, I think it was Nachushkin, right, boys? Yeah, it was uh, Nachushkin. Nice McKinnon Johnson. with the secondary assist. Nachushkin yeah. to to uh, yeah. to Johnson, who was yeah. who was coming and, up and, uh, on the play. And so you don't you don't like you don't like the fact that the Jets gave up a, a, a late goal, but that's a garbage goal, guys. <laughs> like it's five two at that point, and yeah, the Avalanche five one at that point. Pardon me. Well, yeah, five one, and then they made it five two. Five two. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, the Avalanche had another chance. Um, they got another power play yeah. uh, when Adam Lowry took that tripping penalty. They weren't a- able to do anything with it. So, I mean, that goal turned out to be meaningless, and you don't love it. Uh, but maybe you know, with that, with the exception of that goal, uh, you know, the Jets played, you know, pretty much as good of a home game as you would like to see against a really good Avalanche team. Well, you know, the, you know, before we, you know, the, the, so the, you're right. The Avs did have that power play. This is with Lowry goes to the box with 13. Uh, the penalty comes at 13:25 mark. So there's about six and a half minutes to go in the game, and the Avs, of course, are down by three. So they have to go extra aggressive, yeah. and they go with the six on four. The Jets did a very good job at keeping everything to the outside. They did a very good job at just staying within their lanes, uh, staying, you know you know, connected and Colorado, you know, with even having the two man advantage, you know, just really weren't able to penetrate the middle of the jets defense. They had the and puck so, in the jet zone drew like for yeah. like a solid two or three minutes. Right. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't really exactly like, the, you know, McKinnon was doing his thing. Rantanen was doing his thing. They were moving the puck around and skating. Um, but most of the shots hell that got through Hellebuck saw there weren't a lot of good rebounds or second chances. So I agree. I mean, and did they they pulled their goalie with like six and a half minutes left? Yeah, when the power play started, uh, it was one, it was one minute into the power play. So one minute in, yeah, yeah. Right. So they one had some good in. pressure, but I mean, it wasn't exactly you know one of the best power plays you've ever seen. No, it certainly wasn't. But the Jets did a good job in just you know staying calm and staying uh, you know focused on their positioning and everything else. Yeah. And you know that's really been the story of the of this Jets team as of late is just how consistent and how steady they've been in 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 all of their approach to the game and then of course Nikolai Ehlers into the empty net wraps it all up that's his 10th of the year assist to Mark Shifley Uh, wounds our fun stat though Drew what's the all the goals were sold by uh by guys acquired within the last year 
It did. It did ruin that fun stat, but the fun stat still is pretty good that the first five goals of, of the game for the Winnipeg Jets, and that should be, you know, look, I, I've been critical of, of Kevin Shovel Day off. A lot of people have been critical of Kevin Shovel Day off, but he, everything that he has done uh, transaction wise as of late has mm-hmm. paid off very well for the Winnipeg Jets. So he deserves kudos as well. If we're going to criticize, you know, and I don't think we've ever been unfair with our criticisms, but if we're going to criticize, at the yep. same time, we have to praise and, yep. you know, everybody within the Winnipeg Jets organization right now deserves praise. And that includes the general manager of the team as the guys he's acquired for uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois have certainly been worth their but, weight in gold, along with the Mesnikov and Niederreiter guys they got uh, for absolute steals. By the way, remember when the Jets were on a run and then Rick Bonus came back and then folks were and then they lost and people or they won and then they lost and then people were like, oh, Rick Bonus. He's doing all right. He's, the team seems to be firing pretty well. So, uh... Dave, remember when the Jets were one and three and people were freaking out? <laughs> You're right about that. But uh, this, that it, was I, also I, an opportunity for Drew to say, still think the Oilers aren't going to make the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell uh, you what, Ezzy, it was actually funny. <laughs> It, it, it was pretty funny. So as he texts me, when when was that game going on? Thursday night when the, the Oilers and, the, and Tampa Bay were playing. And as he texts me and he's like, you were right. The Oilers are going to make the playoffs. They're absolutely dominating Tampa Bay. You know, when you texted me the shots on goal. That was think- like me putting my king down in chess, Dave. Like that was me yes. being like, yep, you won. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty. Uh, hang on. So you texted me that, and the, you said the shots were thirty-two to twelve for for Edmonton at that point in time over Tampa Bay. I wasn't watching the game. I, the I Blues won. Family stuff. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Tampa Bay ended up winning that game seven four. Seven four. Yeah. The Ginsburg yeah. kiss of death is a remarkable thing to see in action, and yeah. that was another. One. At least it didn't impact. Todd Richards hasn't been night. seen since Drew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, just be true. We should mention that the Blues did win in overtime over the Dallas okay, Stars. I was watching so. it. It just ended? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so, with, so it's in overtime. So Dallas earns a point. So they move up uh, to – they will be atop the – uh, they Sad. will be I'm just looking at regulation wins. The Jets will finish the night atop the Central Division. All three go. teams are tied with 38 points, and the Jets and the Stars have played a game less than the Avalanche, uh, but the Jets will get first place in the Central Division by virtue of their 16 regulation wins, whereas the Dallas Stars have 13 regulation wins. So as we go to bed tonight on December the 16th, the Winnipeg Jets are atop the Central Division, the uh, clear three-headed monster that is leading the the Central, the Jets, the Avs, and the Stars. And I expect that well, position. Don't be, don't, don't be too dismissive of Nashville because we'll be some of us will be watching their farm club in action tomorrow. And uh, despite the fact that everyone was leaving them for dead, they're, they're only two points back of everyone, and they've won four in a row. So uh, Andrew Brunette deserves a lot of credit for the, yeah. the work he's done with that group. So I'm just saying that that Nashville is not. Yeah. You called it a four-head, but a three-headed monster, Drew. But there's kind of that differentiation, and then Arizona, even though they won their last game, they're uh, eight points back. So I mean, there's a uh, there's there's a little bit of a mix in the top four, and then it's a big a bit of a drop. You know, I saw somebody tweeted. I don't know if I can't remember if it was Aaron Portsline, our buddy who works for the Athletic and covers the Blue Jackets, or if it was Mike Harrington who covers the the Buffalo Sabers. I think it was one of the two of them. I can't remember which one who said like the pace to make the playoffs in the East is something like ninety six points is is the yeah. sort of line of demarcation would be mm-hmm. uh, in the East and in the West it's something like eighty six. So it's a you can see where the uh, it's a bit of a top heavy league and the uh, better teams are residing 
residing in the Eastern Conference, or at least there's more better teams in the Eastern Conference than there are in the West. So yet uh, the, the West has won the Stanley Cup three of the last four years. Right. So I mean, you know, of course it doesn't really mean anything, but in terms of regular season performance, uh, it's going to be a lot. It's going to take a lot fewer points right now to make the playoffs in the West than it's going to take to w- make the playoffs in the East. But nonetheless, for the Winnipeg Jets, they are going to go to bed in first place in the Central Division. They win 6-2 on home ice tonight to start a four-game homestand. They're next in action on Monday night against the Montreal Canadiens, an original six matchup in downtown Winnipeg. Original six-week, boys. Yeah, Three original six six teams in town. Monday against Montreal, Wednesday against Detroit, and next Friday against the Boston Bruins. And that is going to wrap up the pre-Christmas portion of the schedule. Uh, we are next in action on Monday night. Post game is going to be around 9.15. It's a 6.30 puck drop on uh, on Monday night. So a bit earlier of a puck drop, which means a bit earlier of the illegal curve post-game show. Let's head to break. When we come back, we'll read some of the comments from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room tonight, touch a little bit more on this game, the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment, as he's going to get one of those ready. So stay with us and find out if you are going to win a toque, courtesy of our friends at Tough Duck. More Jets talk to come your way on this Saturday night. Dave Manuk's here. Ezra Ginsburg's here. Off. 400 or so of you are here as well. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Don't go anywhere. Smash the like button. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. (laughs) Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person. You married a wing person. But somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at BostonPizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. 
Catch the game with Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Ten minutes before 10 o'clock, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club asked me to give this a little bit of love for the first time ever to celebrate Rumors' 40th year in business. 40 years of bringing Winnipeg the best in stand-up comedy. For the first time ever, Rumors is introducing a season ticket package Mm. for $80. You get one Friday show per month from January through October. In July and August, you get two Friday shows per month. But if you don't want to use it on a Friday, if you want to come on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday instead, you get four tickets. So it's good for two tickets to a Friday show Four tickets to a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday show. The season ticket package can be purchased through the Rumors website. RumorsComedyClub.com can also, of course, be purchased in person at Rumors as well. So there you go. For the comedy fan in your life, if you're looking for perhaps a Christmas gift or a stocking stuffer, Think about season tickets to Rumors for the 2024 calendar year. Big thanks to our friends at Rumors for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Want to make mention of some of the post-game comments that have uh, occurred earlier tonight from the Jets dressing room. The first one courtesy of our friend Murat Atesh. He's the one who's putting these out into the uh, Twitter sphere. This is Rick Bonus paying kudos to general manager Kevin Dayoff. We just did that as well on this program. I know a lot of people are praising Chevy as of late for some of the moves. Rick Bonus is among those players, people as well. Listen, all of the depth on the team, it's fantastic. For the most part, the five-on-five game was really good because of the depth of the team, because of the moves. Chevy made that's Jets head coach Rick Bonus uh giving praise that's to the Jets shout general. out for Chevy there from Bones I like that yeah well you know what it's uh he deserves it he deserves it he got yep. a lot of criticism and the moves he made he slow played his hand as he often does and he slow played it very well uh so far at least in in who the Jets acquired from the Los Angeles Kings uh more from Rick Bonus on the success the Jets have had since the Kyle Connor injury as we mentioned 11 goals scored in the two games since Connor went down, uh, well, I guess it's been more than it's been more than two games because the the San Jose game as well. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, so the last two games, at least without uh, Kyle Connor, quote: "We're not going to replace Kyle. We're not trying to replace Kyle. What we need from everyone is a commitment to be the best version of themselves every night." And we've been getting that. They certainly have the last couple of nights, the uh, Winnipeg Jets in the win in Los Angeles and the win tonight as well against the Colorado Avalanche. The Jets have certainly been getting everything they'd want from their players. One last one from Rick Bonus. 
uh, on Gabe Velarde's rising star. That's Murata Tesh's words. Uh, quote, I love his patience with the puck. He has that sense of when and when not to make the play. He hangs on to it long enough and lets the play develop, then takes advantage of it. There you go. Rick Bonus, full of praise for his Winnipeg Jets team, deservingly so with the 6-2 victory over the Colorado Avalanche tonight, Ezzy. I would just quickly, Sorry, before Dave, Ezzy jumps yeah. in, I was just going to say those comments by Rick Bonus, once you're done listening to us, are available on our YouTube channel, so you can go listen in full. They'll be on IllegalCurve.com once I get around to doing the recap, which I wasn't able to because there's too much going on, uh, but they'll also be on our YouTube channel. So go uh, check those out once you are done listening to us. There and I want to address Rick Bonus's comments. I also want to address, I think it was, uh, was it Sharky? Sparky? Somebody was calling me out for my uh, old toque. This isn't that old. I think Seagram's gave us this toque like last year, but yeah, it's Sparky. Was it Sparky? Yeah. yeah, I think it was Sparky. There we go. Hold on. I'll pull that up again. I put up the comment in the first place, but Sparky got beef with me here for my old toque. I don't <laughs> think it's that old, but anyway, shout out to Seagram's for hooking us up with this gear, but yeah, I mean, look at Gabe Velarde. I, we knew he was going to take a little little bit of time after coming back from the injury. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, certainly the last two games, he's been one of the Jets' best players, if not their best player. And, you know, that line's doing great. And, you know, talking about Kyle Connor, I think, again, got to give Dave M credit here. A lot of people were, you know, freaking out a little bit and saying, you know, call up Jeff Malott, call up big bad Brad Lambert. And, you know, I think we knew better. And I think Chevy and the Jets knew better. They know they have a lot of good forward depth here to withstand a couple months without Kyle Connor. Yeah, it sucks, but that's what good teams do, guys. And that that's why I agree with what you said earlier, Drew, about Kale McCarr. The Avalanche aren't going to use Kale McCarr's absence as an excuse here. They were beat. They, the Jets were the better team tonight. You know, maybe next time these two teams meet, the Avalanche will be the better team. But mm-hmm. you, can't, you know, Kale McCarr is you know arguably the Norris favorite right now. But you've also got a lot of other good players on that team, right? The Avalanche won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. Let's not forget, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, the 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 Jets' forward depth. Look, they don't have Kupari. They don't have Kyle Connor. You know, they were without Gabe Velarde. And all they keep doing is winning. So, um, yeah, Chevy deserves a lot of credit. The players deserve a lot of credit for how they're playing right now. And the coaching staff, I think, deserves a lot of credit for how this team is bought in to the way you need to play defensively to be successful. It's pretty simple. You know, it is pretty simple some ways. It starts in your own zone and it goes from there. And the Jets certainly have been by. I am the, sim- I am the simple son, Drew. So yeah. <laughs> you said it, not me there, simple son. Uh, simple son, do you have a tough duck, uh, hardest hitting comment for tonight? I do. We're going to okay, give it let to me, you. Let me just play well, the, get the intro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The tough duck, hardest hitting comment. There you go. Who wins it? Yeah, we're going to give it to Disgruntled Wheat. Great name. I'm not sure if Disgruntled Wheat has won before, but he's a, a frequent chatter. He's a frequent uh, watcher of the Illegal Curve postgame show. Dis- so Disgruntled Wheat, we appreciate you watching. We appreciate everyone watching the tonight uh, tonight's postgame show. Amazing how the Jets handle clearing assignments in their own zone by skating the puck out or smarter dumps has led to more offensive chances while cutting down cardiac hockey in our end. I really like that comment. Merci, Bones. Merci means uh, thank you. That's French, Drew. Just wanted to to clarify that for you. Mm, But uh, disgruntled... International. Ta-da, that's Hebrew for thank you. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Mr. Disgruntled Wheat, send me an email, ezra at illegalcurve.com or slide into my DMs 
on X slash Twitter and send me your mailing address and I will come visit you. No, uh, Tough Duck will ship out a tooth <laughs> to you. I will show up in uh, in your living room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spencey and I will show up with a flat top grill with pancakes, bacon, and hash browns and uh, sausages. Uh, can we talk about how good this morning was again? I mean, that was so much fun at Farmery. We got, we definitely well, have to do that again. Yeah. I mean, you no, know, we definitely want to talk about that for sure. Um, we got to talk about what your uh, Drew's boy. Mr. My Blue boy? Jays was Mr. Blue Jays was in the was in the house. Did they, oh, they, I'm assuming they showed that on TV, right? Uh, I don't know that they showed it on TV. Now that you mention it, Dave. Uh, yes, really? they did. They showed him. Yeah, they they showed him with they the did. t-shirt cannon. You're right. Yes, they did. Yeah, I thought it was just funny that he was like they showed him with like he was basically with a t-shirt cannon like the entire time, and I was just like, and they kept shoving it in his face. I was like, what is going on here? But uh, you know, I mean, look, it's it, it's although I think they spelled his name wrong on the thing. I think it's it, with a K. It is with a K. K. Yeah. And we spelt it on the thing with the C. Eric, Eric Swanson is his name. He's a Blue Jays. Yeah, Eric Swanson. He's a reliever. Uh, he's from North Dakota. Yeah, he's got from North Dakota. He's got some family ties to Manitoba as well. Yeah, Mike McIntyre wrote an article about him in the free That's press. Right. Anyways, I just thought, I just thought it was it was fun that they did that, and uh, and he just talked about you know being in Winnipeg, and it was a bucket list thing for him to be at a Jets game and stuff like that. So kind of interesting to hear them uh, having that conversation with the Jays pitcher, and you know that sort of little love fest that they did there. And the other thing we should probably mention is uh, tonight was the first time they've ever done the yeah. national anthem in, in Punjabi in any major great. professional sport. I thought it was neat. Yeah. Of course, you're going to get some people who complain. It's like, guys, it's like once, once in They're 42 games, like children singing an anthem. Yeah. Don't like complain honestly, about, don't not, complain about children doing anything. Unless like, honestly, your own I, I don't feel less Canadian listening to, it in Punjabi for like once, once every 42 games, it's not the end of the world. You're giving some people who are, you know, part of this community to be feeling more like they're part of it. It's not the end of the world. It's a language, right? It's not a religion. It's not anything else. Let's like just chill. And it was a nice, it was a nice moment. And you know, look, it was a nice way to celebrate the Southeast Asian community in Manitoba. Yeah, and so, so South uh, Asian was, heritage night at the, at the, I said Southeast night. Asian. I meant, I, yeah. I said, I just meant South Asian uh, heritage night. So it was a nice way to celebrate that community in Manitoba. And there were a lot of folks, um, you know, throughout the, the night that were celebrated during the game and, and throughout the game. So uh, that was just something that was worth mentioning as well. Yeah, absolutely. They did. A, they did a nice job, and the kids did great singing the anthem. And uh, just full marks to them for for doing that. And and really, the Jets the Jets do those nights really well. Uh, you know, and they you know, and kudos to everybody involved in that. So it makes for a special occasion uh, for uh, for those for people in Shout those out communities. To our boy, our boy K Ballsy. Yeah, there you go. Exactly right. To, no practice. By the way, no practice for the Jets tomorrow. So uh, not they surprised. Will, yeah, not surprised either. So the Jets will be back on the ice Monday. Uh, as they get ready for Johnny Kovacevic and the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, Johnny Kovacevic revenge game, boys. It'll be oh, something yeah. like that. The post-game show on Monday night will be around 9.15, give or take, back here on the YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. And, of course, IllegalCurve.com is your home and your destination for all Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose news later on tonight with the post-game recap. Tomorrow, Dave will be covering the Moose and the admirals and then monday and the... it's a teddy bear oh, toss yes well, well it's the teddy bear toss dave and and i'll let you keep talking about the moose but to disgruntled wheat's uh comment i work downtown at, at hockey manitoba so this is a very nice gesture by him yeah i will absolutely make sure that main street project gets a tough duck toque it's a very nice go. thing that he's doing i'm there assuming just for the, for, it might for be the, a she the, but for the for the po folks who are listening on the podcast 
Yeah. A disgruntled wheat, once he realized he or she realized that they had won, wheat can be whatever, uh, said, if it's at all possible, it's going to get cold out there and people at Main Street Project need warmth quite bad. Any chance to donate the toque to Main Street Project? So that's really nice of you, disgruntled wheat, and as you'll make sure that that takes place. It has been one hell of a day for us here. And whoa, we- whoa, whoa, beep, beep, beep. I wasn't finished. You thought you thought you could disconnect me from a moose lot? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I got I got nothing. We'll talk about the moose tomorrow. Okay. Uh, well, we won't talk about the moose tomorrow. I will talk. About You'll the cover moose the moose tomorrow. Two but bring, if you're going to the moose game, bring a teddy bear. Bring an, uh, it's that's the all teddy bear toss. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. Is make sure. You, oh, scrambled wheat is a he. Um, but no, I was just going to say, like, if you can bring a, a teddy bear to the moose game, it's for a good cause. Uh, I believe Christmas cheer board. But uh, that's it's really nice. They do it during the intermission. A lot of AHL teams will do it right when the first goal happens. Yeah. Or the and the junior teams, but uh, the Moose do it. Ki- doesn't kill the flow of the game, so they'll do it during the first inter. They used to do it during the game, but now they'll do it during the first intermission. A lot of fun, and so uh, we'll hopefully see you there tomorrow. I will be there with not with bells on, but I'll be there. And Dave, you're going to be in Autograph Alley as well. <laughs> no, but I do realize I have a conflict. Speaking of the Moose, that I'm going to have. And unfortunately, I committed to doing some color for the Moose uh, at the end of the month, and I realized because of the way the schedule works, that there's that wild game, the... The 30th or the 31st. Yeah, and I don't think either of you guys, or Drew, you might be part of that one, I'm not sure, but Ezzy, I know, is for sure not. So they, I'll they be out of the little... country. Drew, we might see Dave, for the first time ever, do color for the moose while he's simultaneously doing a post game show. Like at the same time, he's going to be talking about like, he's going to, he won't finish his thoughts. He'll just analyze the jets game and then he'll, he'll analyze the moose game. It, it's, yeah. it might be the first time it's ever been done in sports media history, but I think Dave Manu could do it. He's well, a I don't know. Expert. As good as I am. I, hold on. I, although I do have to give, uh, we have to give the people what they want. And you know, otherwise, no, otherwise this, this show doesn't do work. Don't, Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Nothing happened with the Moose. Since Does it dip- matter? As Voy, I'm a man of the people. Yeah, the voice I agree. of Voy said, "How has this been a, Manu- a Moose Minute without the Moose Minute?" Any time is good for a Manuk Moose Minute. You don't have to have anything to talk about. You can just hit that bumper and let Dave M. talk about the moose any day of the week. <laughs> anyway, so I so I, I just realized that today, though. I was like, ooh, I got a bit of a conflict. I agreed to do color, and I'm supposed to be doing this post-game show, potentially solo, so that might be a bit of an issue. So uh, I will, unfortunately, be letting Daniel know that tomorrow. I don't think that I'll be <laughs> on the, uh, the color for that one, but I'll, I'll see. I'll, I'm sure I'll be doing moose colors soon enough. You'll multitask your way uh, out yeah, of the, that, out of this problem. I could do like certain things I can do, but I, I don't think I can do that. I, Bailey brings up a good point, and it was great seeing Bailey earlier today at the uh, at Farmery Brewing. She came by with her dad for the uh, for the cookout for the bar for the yeah. uh, for the pancakes and the bacon. Uh, Rutger McGroarty made Team USA's roster for the World Junior Hockey Championship. Mm-hmm. So you remember a couple months ago? I guess it was probably a couple months ago. Now he went out injured in that game for the University of Michigan. I believe not a couple Rutger. months ago. It was, it was it was in November. Okay, it was stretchered off the ice. If I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's back. He's seems to be fully healthy and he's going to go to Sweden uh, and be a, me- a key member of team USA's roster at the well, remember World last Junior. week, what Craig button said, he said that he thought that there was a good chance Rutger McGrody was going to be the captain boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, he was wearing the non-contact jersey during their training camp, but clearly he's been cleared to play uh, full steam ahead for Team USA. So there you go. You can keep an eye on that uh, when the World Junior Hockey Championship gets underway on Boxing Day, as it always does. This time from Gothenburg, Sweden, is where it's taking place. Not in North America, but overseas in Sweden. Had a nice dinner at Ikea last night, speaking of Sweden. That's good to know. Thank you for... I didn't drive a Saab there, but... Okay, but what about a Volvo? No. Okay, what do you have? Nissan. You have the meatballs? Uh, I did. I had the festive Swedish meal. What made it festive? God, I don't really... I think I'm going to... Well, you fell right into that trap. It's that time of year, right? Like, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's fries and mashed potatoes and... Actually, no, that's not true. I had fish and chips. Wow, Bailey, by the way, is going to cheer for the U.S. over Canada. So, hang on. You, not only did you not have, you didn't even have the, the you had nothing festive and you didn't have any meatballs. No, you had fish and chips. I take my kids there once every couple of weeks. Like when Naomi has a meeting or something, I take them to Ikea because it's great. We do a little walk around and, and it's, you know, reasonably priced. Yeah, you and... take a nap in one of the beds that, that are exactly. on display. No question. Yeah, exactly. No question. Yeah, he takes no. off all his Love clothes, too, which is very uncomfortable. He jumps into the shower. The shower doesn't work. He's just standing there. Away, you know, well, the worst part, Drew, is when he uses the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. We've gone off the deep end. No question about it. want to uh... say uh, a big thank you to everybody that joined us for the post-game show, for everyone who joined us this morning, whether you were able to join us live at Farmery Brewing uh, or, you know, and again, shout out to Spency who kept everybody well-fed. He did a fa- had a fantastic spread set up and and you know tailgated and everything so huge uh, kudos to Spency for that and for all of you joining us this morning and joining us tonight for the illegal curve post game show and of course a big thank you to our sponsors they make this show they make the saturday show they make the website a possibility that's our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club linden market dental center zapia group realty Farmery Beer, that's where we were earlier today. Rollies Transfer, Seagram's, Seagram's Shot of the Game, Boston Pizza, Tough Duck, and the title sponsor of the post-game show, Betway. They are all key members of the Illegal Curve family, just like all of you are as well. Monday night, 9.15, that's the post-game show after the Jets and the Habs. IllegalCurve.com is your destination. Smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave us feedback here, leave us feedback on iTunes, leave us feedback on Google Podcasts, leave us feedback everywhere, and we always appreciate hearing what you have to say about these fine programs. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone. Be safe. We'll see you Monday night for Dave Manuk for Ezra. Hey, Drew, Ginsburg. if anybody, by the way, if anybody wants moose tickets, two more. I got them back by so someone I had given them all away. Sorry, Drew. But we've yeah. got two more moose tickets. So if anybody wants to go to the moose game, wow. I've got two moose tickets. Just like delight. that, the ticket machine is back on, Dave. I forgot to say, yeah, I, I just hit me because I was I offered them to someone else, but just before Drew cuts us off, hold on, I'll yeah. do the Manuk bumper again. But no, two <laughs> two moose tickets for tomorrow's game, 2 p.m. If you want to go in the IC zone, hit me up. Dave at Illegal Curve, or I see Dave. There you go. So send Dave a message, and you can go to tomorrow night's, so tomorrow afternoon's Moose Admirals game, but bring that teddy bear for the Christmas cheer board. Uh, for Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Until Monday night at around 9.15, we wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, 
Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.